this morning just as a sign to say Jesus we we want to be as close to you as we possibly can get just bow your heads and close your eyes we're going to pray for you this morning dear Heavenly Father I just thank you that there is power mighty power in the name of Jesus that there is nothing that is against us that you are not bigger than or better than there's nothing that can withhold the power of the love of God over our lives today so I just pray right now right over this place every hand that is raised this morning that there'll be something supernatural coming upon your life something something amazing something incredible because God is planning good things over you so we just pray that you receive it this morning in Jesus name amen amen you can take your seats this morning what a great looking church we have here today Thanks, musicians and singers. They did a great job this morning. <clears throat> well, things are starting to get back to normal in life. Whose kids are back at school? Uh, all those great things. Also, we have um, we had Tunarama last week. Who enjoyed Tunarama? Who went down there? We've got a little clip because we got famous last week. Can we just see that clip there? Please, Aaron. It puts Port Lincoln on the map. Much of that economic injection coming from international visitors as well as... So, did you recognise a T-shirt? That was the main thing. Don't worry about who was throwing. It was a T-shirt. It was awesome. So that was Joshua B. Long. It was, uh, uh, entered the competition on behalf of One Heart Church to make us famous in Port Lincoln. But he said, I'm going to wear the T-shirt. I've got to wear the T-shirt. So I thought, yeah, you do it, man. And it was the, uh, the one that got picked for the news so it was a good throw but his next throw by the way he uh fouled so but he he got in the finals he actually got third in the competition which gives you no prize but you know you came third in the whole world he is the third best tuna thrower for 2019 which is pretty amazing but he vows he's going to be back next year and he's going to practice and he's going to win so but I must say, he had one week's training, and I was the trainer. So, because I have, I have years of experience of throwing fish. So, it was, it was great. This morning, on a serious note, we have Alliston this morning. And so, we've got uh, Pastor Michael and Kimberly and uh, Geordie Smith is, is sharing communion up there this morning. So, that's, that's good for the team going up. So, we're just going to uh, pray for... For Alliston today and continue to keep Alliston in your prayers we really need a building up there so that we can continue to do what we do so that we can do things better for Alliston and also increase what we do there so um, I'm just going to pray for Alliston and for that service today so Lord we just pray together as a church for Alliston we pray for those people who are in Alliston who uh, come out every month for church I just pray today that uh, Michael will have a word for them, that uh, Kimberly will, will lead well. We pray for the communion, that uh, it, will, it will touch people's hearts today. And I just ask, Lord God, that you open a door um, in the heavens, Lord God, that no one can close. Uh, uh, make a way for us to have our, uh, a building that we can set up permanently for church. And we just believe and know that you are a God who does what we could never imagine or what we can't do for ourselves you can do so we just speak life over Elliston and pray that we'll see many many people come to know Christ in that place in Jesus name amen well also I'm just sort of in commercial mode right now we have growth track so if your starts again today so if you're 
in that growth track group. I just remind you, uh, it's going to be good. And uh, just go straight out to Multi 2, straight after the service, and I'll meet you out there. Um, also, next week we have Sean W. Smith. So um, there is a parenting course. Uh, what time does that start next Sunday evening? Five o'clock next Sunday here at the church. So I encourage parents, get, get yourself to that. Um, it's, it's good. We want to invest in people. We want to see the church strong. We want to see the church uh, uh, balanced in all things. And, and one of those ways we want to do that is strengthening parents to be able to parent well and to um, lead their families well. So that's why we're having Sean Smith. And he's, he's uh, great with kids' ministry, so you're going to enjoy that. He was here last year, and he's, he's back again for another uh, another weekend with us. So I'm looking forward to that. What I'm not looking forward to this week is Carmel is leaving us. Uh, um, Carmel is, is our uh, middle daughter and she is joining the military. She's following her dad's footsteps in the military. Uh, and I've never been in the army, but I like to dream. I've, I've watched Rambo. I know what it's all about. <coughs> but uh, I'm just going to ask uh, perhaps if some of the younger people and, and even the music team who, um, who Carmel has served with for, for many years here in the church could just gather around her. So perhaps if you stand, Carmel, and I'll just ask some people to gather around her. We're going to pray a blessing over you as you go to your new job and new career and uh, pray God's blessing go with you in that. So dear Heavenly Father, we just pray right now over Carmel that she may do great things for you. Lord, we thank you for the years that she's been serving here in the life of the church. We thank you the way she's grown, the things you've done in her life and the things that you've taken her through. And I just pray today that she may uh, enter into a new season of life, a new season of, of uh, growing in you. And Lord, I pray that she may be a witness for Christ wherever she goes. So I pray that you just uh, make a pathway for her that is clear and that is uh, straight. And Lord, put people in her life that can encourage and bless her. And Lord, I pray that she will just be an anchor point for others, that she'll lift others up uh, and, and be a blessing and, and be a, uh, a word of light into other people's lives. So we just pray over her today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, might as well preach then, eh? Just if you have your Bibles, John chapter 3, put your finger in there. I just to also encourage you that uh, we have a podcast, so you can listen to all the messages that we preach here on podcast all the time. Um, so if you are listening on podcast this morning, welcome to church. But um, I want to talk this morning on supernatural salvation. And I think it's a quite an interesting title because salvation, coming to know Christ, is a totally supernatural thing. It comes totally from, from heaven to earth, and it's God's way of connecting us back to himself. So when we think of that, um, that point of salvation, that point of uh, uh, getting right with God, it is 100% entirely a supernatural thing. So what I want to start with this morning is no one is ever too far for God to reach. So the title today is Supernatural Salvation. So if we're to follow Jesus as we um, want to, it would be that we place high regard to what Jesus taught. So if we want to follow Jesus, then whatever Jesus talked about, whatever Jesus taught us should be a high regard in our life. So it should, be, uh, it should have a great authority in our life so that if we want to know how we ought to live or how we ought to do things, it 
ought to be that we say, well, how did Jesus do that? Or what did Jesus teach about this or that? So John chapter 3, verses 2 to 3, it'll pop up on the screens. It says this, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Basically, if we use my, my vernacular today, your supernatural signs are evidence that God is with you. Verse 3 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Enter this, this theme this morning that Jesus spoke about is that we cannot enter God's kingdom, we cannot enter eternity, heaven, whichever way we want to describe that, unless we have had this junction moment in our life being born again. So there's a lot of derogatory things about, about that term. And, and I know I wasn't, I wasn't born in church. I didn't grow up um, like, like just living in a church building. I've, I've spent my, my uh, life in the same world where you live. And I know it was a very derogative term for people to put on me to say, oh, you're one of those born agains. And even other Christians would say, you're a born again. It's like, sorry, it's, a, it's like a form of spiritual leprosy. Don't come near me or you might catch it. There was this kind of a, a, a derogatory attitude towards those who would say, I've had this experience where I have, I have understood the grace of God and I've asked Jesus to come into my life and I now call that experience being born again. But if we're going to put God's, uh, you know, Jesus' teaching at a high level, this is what he talked about. This is not a, an unusual thing for someone who says that they are a believer. This is the normal thing. So I want you to understand there's, there's no such thing as, as generations in, in Jesus' relationship because we all have that first off generation starts with every single believer when they're born again. So I'm going to give you some examples this morning that uh, Jesus gives us a, a supernatural, in this, this born-again experience, Jesus gives us a supernatural ex example of grace that we can be made new at a spiritual level, at a supernatural level. It is the ultimate supernatural experience that we can ever have, is to live knowing the grace of God knowing that we have been born again. Now, I don't think, I think it is very, very childish attitude to boil down this moment of being born again to a single event in our life. I think it's an ongoing process that God wants to take us through so that from the point of, of realizing who God is and accepting God's grace through Christ, well, I'm not going to explain everything adequately today, but I believe today is just part one of, of supernatural salvation. But uh, hopefully we just set some things in order that we can understand what it is and it's not an event. So don't go through life in your Christian experience saying, yes, I had an event. I, I, I know I asked Jesus to come into my heart back in 1975, but then that's about as far as it went. It's a continuation week on week, day by day, year by year of growing closer, growing in maturity and getting uh, more understanding of what that means in our lives. But the thing I'm, I'm amazed is no one is ever too far for God to reach. 
So those who seek after supernatural experience through other things. There's people who, who seek supernatural experiences through, through mysticism, through occult, through witchcraft, through, through seances and, and all these other strange things. Basically any practice that invokes a spiritual encounter that is not from God, these people can experience a true and powerful conversion to Jesus. I'll show you some examples. So supernatural salvation, Jesus described this as being born again as I've just said but taking it's taking off our old life and living or being born into a new life this is what it looked like um, in the Bible I'm going to show you some examples as people got born again um, and and what that actually looks like so we're going to go to a place called Ephesus right now so so Ephesus in 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 our modern world it would be found in Turkey um, in the modern country of Turkey, but it wasn't called that in those days. But there was a city called Ephesus. In Acts chapter 19, verses um, 18 and 19, we'll see, we, I want to give you a picture of what it looks like when people experience Jesus and have this born-again moment in their life. Um, it says that many who became believers confessed their sinful practices a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was uh, several million dollars. That's from, that's from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Um, now, there's another place called Samaria. It, to Samaria today is found in modern-day Israel. Um, I think, from, if my research is correct, I think it's now known as the West Bank. If we, if we look at Israel today, it would be that area. In Acts chapter 8, verse 9, we see salvation, uh, people coming to a supernatural knowledge of Jesus Christ, having that born-again experience in Samaria. It says there was a man named Simon, and he had been a sorcerer there for many years. Again, we're looking at people who have been so anti-God, so far away from God, searching for supernatural experiences, searching for something from outside of this world, but neglecting God, far from God, and yet these are the ones who are coming to Christ. These are the ones who are being saved. And it says that Acts chapter 8, verse 13 uh, just the very first part, it says, Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. We'll have a look at baptism maybe uh, later on down the track, not today. But I want to tell you something, that there are cer certain elements to being a follower of Jesus. Baptism is one of those. So don't close yourself off to that thought. But the person predisposed or curious to the supernatural often find their way to God through Jesus. Because if you know, if, if it happened in those days, it can happen today. So, you, you know, I remember on the streets in Melbourne a long, long, long time ago, um, I'd, I'd be with the street team. We'd go out on Friday nights, Saturday nights, and, 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 and talk to people. And I remember one guy said that he was, he was Satan, he was the devil. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I'm, I'm a Satan worshiper, and I, I am Satan. And then I'm thinking, well, you know what? I, I don't think I got, a, got him to any place of great revelation that night but you know something I think that there's someone just like that that Jesus can pick up and they can experience being born again but Simon it says there in Acts chapter 8 he was amazed by the miracles and the great signs that Philip performed and I want to see in one heart church many many Philips emerging who who know the power of God who live expecting the supernatural in their life and that others will say, you know what, I was, I was off on all this funny stuff, but I saw the power of God in that person's life. I saw it lived out, 
and it starts very practically, very, 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 uh, um, uh, I guess, practical in our life when we start to put into place the very basics of our salvation and then we grow from there and others will notice. So anyone who goes from not knowing Jesus to having their sin forgiven is in living in that supernatural born-again salvation. They're being converted from not believing to believing. And Jesus is still in that business today. I want to give you another story from Samaria. Pastor Kylie preached on, on it last week. It's a story about the woman in the well. Um, I'm not going to go all the way back into that. But John chapter 4, verse 39, it says that many Samaritans, we're still in the same place, but Jesus is there. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. So we're not going to dwell on that this morning, but we see that uh, Jesus was reaching people. Then when Jesus is, is dead and he's gone and he's resurrected, um, Samaria is still being touched by the love and the power of Jesus. But I'll give you some little background to, to Samaritans becoming saved. For, for the Jews of Jesus' time, there was no other people more unsaved or more unsavable than Samaritans. The Jews would have nothing to do. They were, they were despised. They were alienated. You couldn't do business with them. You wouldn't talk to them. You wouldn't, you wouldn't eat where they eat. You wouldn't stay where they stay. They were completely disconnected from the Jewish people who believed that they had the, the, uh, the rights to God all on their own. But they were, the, the so Samaritans were rejected. Um, and what we see Jesus do was totally unacceptable for Jewish people to do. Uh, it was unacceptable. Unaccept to bull to everyone in his culture. Yet Jesus was willing to go step over cultural obstacles to reach people. And I want, I want to challenge you to, to think beyond cultural limitations because you may be the only person there in the room that can step over to reach somebody who you might think, well, well that, that, I shouldn't talk to this person. I shouldn't really uh, have them in my, in my world right now. But, you know, if you will step over in obedience to the voice of God, sometimes you can see that you're reaching out into you know, a, a Samaritan's life who just needs Jesus. Now, I don't know what they might come to you with a pentagram tattooed on their forehead. I don't know what it's going to look like, but you just say, you know what, they could be, they're my Samaritan, but I'm going to reach out to them. And I want to see the supernatural power of God touch their life. So the core of being born again is that sin is dealt with. Here's some foundational things that we need to know if we want to live in the supernatural life. And I'm going to explain some things today that hopefully... Uh, clarify some things, and perhaps you've been in church for a long, long time. Perhaps you made a decision that you never saw these things I'm going to share with you today. So the core of being born again is that sin is dealt with. I'm going to give you a supernatural look at sin this morning, and I hope I don't offend anyone along the way. But I've heard and read of people blaming God for their sin. You know, I sometimes read articles here and there, people are blaming God. Why did you make me like this? Uh, I don't understand why God uh, made me like this. See, that, that sort of a statement has no merit. And it adds it add, it add insults to God for our sin, for our rebellion. So am I made a cheat by God? I, these are, I'm just exposing myself. I, I, I'm a cheat. I, I'm a cheat by nature. Don't get all shocked. You've got your own stuff. When I was in year seven, I remember my friend Jeff 
uh, he taught me how to, how to cheat at, at sports day. And it's like you don't even have to run. You don't even have to do anything. He said, you just go up to the, you go up to the, to the, ribbon, the ribbon table and you just tell them there, I've just, I just came first in whatever. <laughs> and they just go, yep, here's a ribbon. And so Jeff came with a few ribbons in his hand. I said, what? Like, how would you get? He goes, I just went up and told him I just won this and that. I go, what? So I go then, I'm like this. And I said, oh, I just came, came first in shot put. And they give me a ribbon. And then I, I thought, this is too easy. I go back and I, I told them something else and they just kept giving me ribbons. And I remember I came home and my, my mum, my brothers and, and my sister are like, wow, you're athletic. I'm like, yeah. And so, you know, when you've gone too far and then you can't tell anyone the truth, that was one of those moments. But, but I, am I made a cheat by God or is that from somewhere else? Am I made a thief by God? And by the way, I, 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 I was a thief. But when God started to deal with my life and I started to understand God more and I became an adult, I found myself collecting all these things that I'd stolen and sending them back. With a little note saying, I stole this from you, but I'm sending it back. Anonymous, just in case. <laughs> but I, am I made a thief by God? Am I made a cheat by God? I think that comes from somewhere else. But adding to our sin by blaming God for it demonstrates a hardness of heart and it's the height of arrogance and deflection. So we don't want to live our life. If we want to to understand and be full of the supernatural power of God and and understand the fullness of the the born-again experience, we can't be deflecting what we are and then even blaming God or blaming circumstance or blaming other things. But we need to say, this is how it is. And we bring that to God and ask for His forgiveness. So I'll just go back, you know, again, looking at sin. And I don't want to concentrate on this too much. But sin has two sources, just in case. So we're just keeping this really simple today. Firstly... Sin is from our own vain heart. It comes from within us. So Romans 13, verse 14, it says this, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So when I read that, to me it's like we have an automatic response mechanism, a built-in feature of having a free will. And that is that our heart will lead us in directions that sometimes we don't even want to go, but we find ourselves there. The second second source of sin is the devil's influence or the devil's suggestion. This usually follows after we get used used to following our own sinful thoughts. uh, It then becomes very easy to accept ungodly suggestion and justify that. Acts chapter 5 verse 3 the story of Ananias and Peter confronts him after he'd lied to the Holy Spirit, after he'd lied to the church in an issue. Peter says, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Because somewhere in Ananias' experience with God, he called himself a believer, he called himself a follower, and yet he was hiding from God, he was cheating God, and Peter says, how could you let Satan get in? And and the reason is because he had allowed, firstly, his own heart, his own vain things, uh, fill his heart, control his life, and then he just thought, well, I'll just continue, and then Satan says, hey, don't give him all of it, you deserve the rest, and and he cheated God, and, and he 
paid the penalty for that. So a question I have for you is what is sin? How do we define what sin is? I'm not going to explain it to you this morning, but if you're taking notes, here's some scriptures that you can check out for yourself. Romans 13, verse 12 to 14. Galatians 5, verse 19 to 21. If you have any doubt what sin is, just look at that. And uh, analyze yourself and say, are any of these things found in me? And then say, if they are, then you, you can deal with that with God. But supernatural salvation has no gray. It's a dramatic, life-altering, separating like clay from gold. It's, it's dramatic. It's, it's, it's two different spheres of living. But sin is deceptive and it has an attraction to it. It always, that's why it, we, we find ourselves so caught in it because it's, a, it's attractive and it's deceptive and it wants, to, it wants to keep you in its grasp. But um, I, I hope that we don't here in this church promote a form of salvation that isn't salvation. I'll, I'll give some explanation to that. And, and perhaps when we, when we have churches filled with people that have, that have come to a, a form of salvation but not being fully born again, it could explain why there's such a huge dropout, uh, a huge dropout rates among churches where, where you see people start and they go, wow, this is awesome, I love this stuff. And then, and then a month later, three weeks later, uh, two months later, um, they're, they're not there. Something, something was missing in that experience. So we, we find churches that can't fill rosters, that can't find leaders, that can't get commitment out of people, can't make disciples. Uh, I think they're, they're the results of false self, false salvations I'm, I'm having trouble with my mouth this morning it's not working but we have a false salvation and I'll, I'll give you three examples of what that looks like so so that we can have clarity about living in the supernatural born again experience with God and uh, here's some of the things the first one is some people experience an intellect uh, intellectual an intellectual salvation it appeals to the logic and it all makes sense, so there is a belief in God. So I'm not saying there's no belief in God, but intellectual salvation without repentance is a false salvation. It may not have included recognition of one's own sin and turning from it, and so it creates religious observers, not religious disciples. So that's intellectual salvation. The second way that we can have a false salvation is emotional Emotional salvation, it appeals to the emotions. A form of salvation that isn't salvation, it is based on feelings and when the feelings change, so does the belief. So often those who, are, who, are, who make these emotional decisions are, are made out of compliance to please another person. It's like, you know, I know my, my, my mother really wants me to do this. I know my, that my friend who, who dragged me along to these meetings, I know they really want me to do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a decision. I'm going to do this because I do feel emotionally charged as well, but I'm really trying to keep somebody else happy in this situation. But emotionally saved people are subject to the emotional roller coaster. They're all good one day, all high one day. I'm saved, I'm feeling good. 
all bad the next and I'm not saved and I don't think I ever really was. And so they're on this roller coaster because they're not experiencing the born again nature of God. They're experiencing an emotional attachment to God. So the third way is conditional salvation. Where we give God the terms and conditions. That's an, that's an awesome little thing. We're going to give God the terms and conditions of this. So it appeals to limited selfish perspectives and comes with conditions. Like, I'll give this a go, but if God lets me down and my problems aren't solved, then this contract is over. This contract is terminated. This church thing's finished. No compensation either. Conditional salvation. So when we consider the high rate of dropouts in churches, perhaps some people buy into Jesus, do something for me, yet somehow fail to relate that sin is what cripples us in every way. And that's the purpose behind Jesus is to come and deal with that sin in your life. So supernatural salvation is all about having sin dealt with. I know that's really uncool because we like to preach a message, come to Jesus, ask the Lord to come into your life. You know, we'd say, do this little quick prayer. It's really painless. But then after that, you know, you're going to go home and everything's going to be different. We've got to know what we don't want to be and leave that, those things behind. Experience a true born-again experience and turn to Jesus and follow him. Psalm 143 verse 10, the psalmist says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. I think that the born again experience comes, comes with this element of, of saying, I want to know you. I want to know your will for my life. I, I, and it starts by saying, you are my God. It's a decision of, of who you belong to, who is going to be your ruler, your king your saviour. And it goes on and says, may your gracious spirit lead me, lead me forward on a firm footing. And you know something? God wants to lead you forward on a firm footing. He wants to lead you forward th through the days of your life on a firm footing. So, so you know, sometimes there'll be, there'll be things that seem like that they're not working. But God will be with you and God will keep your foot from slipping. So supernatural salvation is birth in faith that believes Jesus and repentance follows. So my theme really this morning is, is this supernatural experience of being born again and the need to repent of our sin. So often we preach about coming to Jesus, coming to God, come to church, do all these great things, but we fail to interpret that we need to repent. And the main function of being born again is that the past of our sin is, is disconnected. They've unhitched the, the wagon from our train and that gets rolled away and we are, are free to be everything that we can be without our sin because of Jesus. Faith, repentance equals supernatural salvation so if we wonder where we get it from when we have faith in Jesus Christ 
when we turn from our sin, we'll, re- we'll receive new life. We'll discover what this thing is to be born again. And that's what supernatural salvation is all about. It is a false gospel to preach, come to Jesus and your problems disappear. You'll have perfect harmony when you go home today. The fact is more likely when you get saved, when you get born again, all hell breaks loose around you. Because hell is never happy to relinquish control over your life. Hell is never happy. Supernatural salvation, I'll give you just a few things that that we can identify that in our lives. It can be identified by a conviction of the Holy Spirit that leads us to want to know Jesus more. You know, I find it I find it really awkward sometimes when, when people have, have come to church, maybe they've made an emotional decision and they say, yeah, yeah, I, I respond to, to an altar call or I respond to the preacher saying, will you put your hand up if you want to accept Jesus? They do this emotional thing and then, and then it's like, well, yeah, they don't go searching beyond. They don't want to know more. They, they don't have a hunger for, for, for anything else except saying, well, I did that, so I think I'm okay. I, I reckon I'm going to heaven now. That's all I really need. But that's not what we're looking for. When, when we have that born-again experience, it's natural to expect that people want to know Jesus more. They, they want to understand Him. They want to do everything they can to be close to Him. They want to be around Jesus' people. So they want change, and, and they do change. There's a, a love for the house of God. There's a love for the church of God. There's a love for the people of God. Another sign is they'll, they'll tell others. They'll tell someone else. They want to serve God. There'll be a desire saying, I just want to do something for God. I want to find my purpose. I want to know how I can, how I can say thank you to God. Not that we try and buy back our love or salvation, but there's this, a desire to say, I want to serve God somewhere, somehow. There'll be a desire to worship. There'll also be a desire for obedience, saying, well, God, I want to to follow you. And that's why many people choose to be baptized, because it's an act of obedience in a very clear and tangible way that they decided to follow Jesus. So salvation is incomplete without turning from and repenting of sin. So do you get that? Salvation is incomplete without a turning from and a repenting of sin. Repenting, I've used that word a lot this morning. That is an old Christianese word that means to turn from. And if you want to experience the fullness, the power of a supernatural life, then you have to disconnect yourself. Now, it's not willpower. It's not, it's, it, it's not well, I'm just going to try harder to be good today. It's about saying, Jesus, I need you all the time. I need your process of your washing me. I need the process of your cleansing me. I need to live in that process that if I make a mistake, if I sin, then I, I don't want to live with that, but I want to be honest with the Heavenly Father and say, will you forgive me? Will you deal with that again? And it's, it's an ongoing process until Jesus comes back for us of of learning to repent and turn from so that we can turn to a better way in Jesus. So that born-again experience, it is the ultimate supernatural experience that we can have. It is the ultimate.
you just bow your heads with me this morning? Because the saddest truth is there are people in churches all across the world today who have responded to God in incomplete ways. That have responded to the, to the message of Jesus and thought, but I, I, I'm just going to, uh, you know, I want to accept this part, but, but I don't want to really deal with everything. Today, this morning, I want you to start a process again. I want you to discover the supernatural life of, of the born-again experience that Jesus wants to um, bring you into, where you can say, I've, I've left the past behind. I truly am set free. I truly am a different person because I've been born again. It's not a derogative term. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. It's not something that you should try and hide from others. It's something that you need to say, Jesus, I know what I was, but now I know that that's not me anymore. So perhaps today you're here and you have never heard, you've never heard it this way. You can just simply ask Jesus to forgive you. Confess your sin. Ask Jesus to forgive you and say, Jesus, today I turn. I turn my life. I want to go a different direction. And I don't care whether you've thought, but I've done this so many times. I've been in church and I've, I've tried, I've tried. You know what? It's not about the trying. It's about your being in Jesus. It's about your being in Jesus. Saying, Jesus, will you, will you do what I can't do? And turning to him every day, every hour, when you know that you're falling short, you say, Jesus, help me. You follow the, the, the principles of the word of God. So when you're thinking, well, I'm getting angry, you say, Jesus, that anger is sin. I repent of that sin right now. Take this anger from me. That's how it works. And so often we think, well, but, but it was justified anger. It was justified anger. Sometimes it may be unforgiveness. You're thinking, but God, it's justified. They didn't ask. They didn't say sorry. They haven't shown any sense of, of remorse. So, so I, I don't want to let go. I don't want to forgive. Some of these things are really, really practical, but we need to call it out as it is and say, Jesus, I want to turn from that to experience the born again. So if we're going to experience a supernatural in 2019, we need, to, we need to allow Jesus to come into all those parts of our life and say, Jesus, it's going to be, you know, this journey of the supernatural is going to start very practical. It's going to start very ordinary, doing things that are just so practical, so ordinary. But when we start to put those things right, we'll see supernatural things we give authority to the supernatural when we give Jesus those parts of our lives. So I'm going to pray for you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray over every single person here in this place today. Lord, I pray that we not be a church of sort of saved people, sort of born again people, falsely born again. But Lord, I pray that we be a church that is on fire, that we, we be a church where people come to know Christ every day where people come to know you as their saviour all the time, where we, we don't have excuses for sin, where we don't have excuses for our past, or we don't have excuses for bad behaviour. But Lord, I pray that we are a church that is open and honest and says, Jesus, 
we want you to come. We want you to be the Lord of our life. We want you to be the king on our, you know, in your kingdom, in our heart. Lord, we want to have everything in order. Father, we just pray today that people be released where they may have, they may have bought into a false salvation. I pray today that people may come to, uh, come to terms with you today and say, Jesus, I want a full salvation. Jesus, I want a born again experience. Jesus, I want to know what it feels like to live in the freedom of knowing my sin, my shortfalls, my, 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 my issues have been disconnected and, and I'm now free of that baggage. And I just confess that over people here today. Any who need, who need to do that, Lord, then I just pray, help them to see, help them to discover the reality of that born-again experience. And we pray that today in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. What we're going to do this morning as well, I'm just going to ask us all to stand. And I know every, every single week there's people who come to church, there's needs. There are things that tie us up, bind us down, weigh heavy upon us. They come from all sorts of things. It's just called living. It's just called life. Um, but it may be sickness, maybe worry, maybe financial, maybe stepping into something new um, that, that you have you know, fear about. Why don't you allow us this morning to, to be with you? We'll ask some of our team, some of our leaders to pray with you this morning. But as, as the team here uh, lead us singing, I'm just going to ask people to respond. We'd love to pray with you and have this opportunity to pray with you and believe with you, uh, to stand with you to see victory uh, in your situation. So whatever that is, if you have prayer needs this morning, I'm going to invite you to come and we would love to have the opportunity to pray with you. So thanks, Ruth. As, uh, as I sing, why don't you come? Jesus. 